Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Welcome to Make Your Marketing Podcast. This is Pia Larson, your host. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Martin Greif, is it? Greif, rhymes with life. Greif, Greif, got it. Uh, he is the founder of Site Tuners, a website conversion company. He also is the author of True Connections, Relationship Marketing in a Digital World, which I just bought and will be diving into. He's got over 25 years experience in sales and marketing. And he's worked with companies like Nestle, Expedia, Horizon, Google, and many more. Welcome to the show, Martin. Well, thank you, Pia. Uh, so it's a pleasure to be here. And just so you feel better, uh, Greif, I always tell people Greif rhymes with life. And I was being introduced and uh, there was a couple of us and I said, Greif rhymes with life. And he gets up there and he announces Martin Grief. And the guy next to me goes, must rhyme with leaf. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, I guess gripe is better than grief, right? Yeah, so it's all good. <laughs> so, okay, so you've been in this industry for a long time. I've been in this industry for a while. And and your superpower, and I've watched your videos and I've seen you talk, is helping convert prospects when they first come to your website mm -hmm. and consequently making more sales for your clients mm -hmm. and getting more conversions. Yeah. So... Technology moves at lightning speed, as mm -hmm. we know, but it seems to me in watching your content that there are always some foundational things when looking at a website that never really change. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, share some of those that top of mind for yeah, you? Absolutely. Well, it really comes down to principles versus tactics. Principles are foundational things that don't change. Tactics are things that change over time. So, for example, you know, if the question is, you know, how do you use, I'll say, Facebook to drive traffic? Well, Facebook is a tool. Tools change. That's a tactic. How do you craft a good message that could be used on Facebook, LinkedIn, or elsewhere? Well, that's a principle, and that's foundational, right? So, and that's the difference. That's exactly what you're asking. So on a website, it really comes down to one thing. My opinion doesn't matter. Pia, as much as I love you, your opinion doesn't matter, <laughs> all right? And the person that owns the website, their opinion doesn't matter. The only people that matter are the visitors that come to the website who give that visit that website owner money. Either, you know, they buy something, they subscribe something, they, they download something, they become a lead, whatever it is that that website wants them to do, all right? And so what do you do? Well, you have to make sure that you're talking to the user and you're, you're, you're answering what's in it for them. It's not about the opera school of marketing where it's like, me, 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 I'm going to talk about me. No one cares about you, okay? No one cares about <laughs> me, right? They, they're coming because they want to know what's in it for them. So if you write 
and design for the visitor, that will increase conversions. That's the simplest thing. It's all about them. It's not about the website itself or the website owner. Yeah, that's really hard. It seems like for for companies to grasp that idea. It's like been in business for 25 years, you know, have the team of, you know, 200. And it's like, we don't care. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. It's like, and that does what for me exactly? So Yeah, no, exactly. So, and we always tell our clients that they have the the mind of a goldfish, right? The memory of a goldfish. They have like under eight seconds to capture your attention. Oh yeah. Uh, what are some of the what are some of the grievous mistakes that you're seeing today? With um, I, I remember one very st- distinct that you said people are not putting their phone numbers oh, on yeah. their websites. So we've tested this. Oh, it's got to be hundreds of times, you know, in different countries. And phone number uh, is the largest trust symbol on the face of the planet. Because when somebody comes to your website, they basically ask themselves three questions. Am I in the right place? How do I feel about this? And what am I supposed to do here? And the am I in the right place question really is dependent upon the upstream messaging, right? So if the upstream messaging promises whatever it is, when they land, it should match. But the how do I feel about this question, if your website looks like who did it and ran, if your website uh, (laughs) doesn't have trust on it, I'm not going to feel good about it. And the easiest thing to do. The easiest thing to do is put a phone number in the top right-hand corner on the desktop. Make the phone number pop out because if it doesn't pop out, if I don't see it, it doesn't exist, right? And on a mobile device, make sure that you have the click-to-call icon, which is good enough. People know what that is because real companies have a phone number. Yes, it increases phone calls, but it increases conversions. You'll get more sales, downloads, leads, whatever the thing is. So... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, as a, as a digital agency, people are surprised that I have my phone number at the very top. They're like, oh, I can't, you're, you're so brave. And I can't <laughs> tell you how many business uh, projects that I close just on that first call because mm-hmm. they're surprised that someone's answering, answering the phone. Tell me about kind of what the experience is when I come to your website. What should I be looking for? And what's, you know, what is going to make me stop scrolling and put my mouse down what what am i looking for well a good website that's actually um that's a really good question and it really comes down to um getting people not to bounce off of your website so when somebody lands as you said you know within seconds they decide if they're they're in the right place and so what you have to do is you have to ask yourself why is somebody coming to the website what problem are they trying to solve and let me address that without them having to scroll or leave or do anything, right? So you need to know, at least on your homepage, whatever your unique selling proposition is, not the thing that makes you feel good about yourself, but the thing that matters to the client, you know, what they're looking Mm -hmm. for, that unique selling proposition, and it needs to be front and center. And if it's front and center on there, then they can say, oh, I'm in the right place. And then if it has trust on it, they're like, oh, I found Pia. Thank God I found Pia. And then there's, uh, you know, you're laughing, but it's true. And then underneath there, you know, there's a call to action. Call here, click here. I know what to do. So the way we describe that, and this is going to sound terrible, and and no disrespect meant to anybody, but you have to design your website as if your visitor was lazy and or stupid. Okay. And, and because here's the thing, smart people will not be insulted by that. You just made their life easier. They don't have to think it's okay. 
right? Don't make me think is a big mantra. So. Yep. Yeah. Don't make me burn calories. It's it's funny because <laughs> a lot of people, they want the navigation with drop downs and then secondary navigation. And it just makes it way too complicated because you got to remember when you go there, they know nothing right. when they first land. Oh, right? yeah. If they're cold traffic. As a matter of fact, navigation, I, I'll go a step further. Um, and, and again, uh, with the understanding, I'm not trying to insult anybody from the great state of Texas. Okay. <laughs> but the navigation is how you think about your business typically. So if people are using your navigation, that's in our mind, the Alamo of your website. It's where you make your last stand. And unfortunately it's where you go to die. Okay. So <laughs> you do not want people using your navigation. If they can't figure out from the body of your website, what they're supposed to do. If they have to get a drop down and look at it and go, okay, what are they trying to say here? And where am I navigating to? And what's this going to lead me to? You've already lost the battle. Okay. So navigation in, in your, in your, your nav bar is it's important, but you can't, you should not be relying upon that. Okay. So, so Marty, I know the answer to this, but maybe you could, you could explain it in your terms. Uh, Cause I love your, uh, your, your storytelling. So if I have a simple navigation, but I have several services or products or, you know, and I, and I want people to find them, how do you fold out that journey? How do you present that journey through the web copy rather than the navigation? So as I know, not everybody will be watching, you know, the two of us where I'm waving my hands around a lot. So I have to describe <laughs> this so that they can picture this in their mind. And let's talk about a desktop first. On the desktop, you've got your banner ad, which should not take up the entire screen, because if you do that, that's pushing a lot of good stuff down. So in the banner ad, it's got a message that explains who you are and what you do in a way that's of interest to the visitor. Underneath that is potentially, it doesn't have to be there, it could be above it or wherever, but there's a trust bar. The trust bar would say things like, you know, over 1 million clients in, you know, seven, you know, seven continents or six continents or, or happy clients across 92 countries or, I mean, something, or we've won these awards, you know, because those are trust or as seen on the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and the, some trust. I don't care what it is, some trust. Underneath the trust, however, all right, and still above, you know, the bottom of the screen is where the, the, the visual navigation starts to appear. And so if I am selling, let's say, I'll make it up, cars and trucks and motorcycles, I would have a box that says something along the lines of looking for, you know, the best new car value. And there's that box. And the other one looking for the ideal truck. And there's that box, you know. Crazy person wanting to ride a motorcycle? No, I wouldn't say that, right? So, you know, but you say you're ready to ride a motorcycle and I'd have that box. And that way, when they land on it, they know what you do and why they should buy from you potentially. They've got trust, so they feel good about you. And then they're looking and they see, oh, they sell these kind of cars or they sell these trucks. Oh, I'm in the right place. They're talking to me. I feel really good about that. And that's how you do it is with visual navigation. There is a rule to it. It's the rule of, of, of five. People can process in boxes like three to five things. Beyond that, you lose them. So for those people who say, but we have 20 things. Well, here's the thing. You can actually have multiple rows. You can have a matrix of five by five. I'm not suggesting it because what happens is people will look in the first row and go, am I interested in any of these? No. And then they ignore the first row and look at the second row. 
Am I interested in any of these? And so on. We're still processing within that three to five window. All right. So it works. And again, we've tested this. It works. So testing is important, I imagine, in, in measuring conversions. And when we say conversions, in case we've lost you, we mean um, someone has made a call or filled out a form or made an appointment or bought or made a purchase, right? Are there right. any other KPIs or Oh, yeah, yeah. Conversions. Yeah, yeah. So convert. Well, there's, there's a lot of measurements beyond conversions that are important within the conversion space. But your calls, you know, you're right. It could be a phone call. It could be a form fill. But some people are subscriptions. Some people are downloads. And you might say, well, how do you download something if you didn't fill out a form? Believe it or not, if you do it really well, you download it without letting them, asking them for their information because they're only going to give like their, their old AOL account or Yahoo account that you're never going to get old. Yeah, something <laughs> yeah. you're never going to get them at, right? And so, yeah. so you give them something of high quality. And in that download, you ask for the order, which is tell me more about yourself. You've earned the right to ask about them, right? subscriptions, sales, okay? So there's all sorts of things that are the obvious, all right, conversions. But interestingly enough, there are things called micro conversions. So everything we just mm -hmm. described is a macro conversion. A micro mm -hmm. conversion is getting somebody one step further in the funnel. So they get to add to cart. They didn't buy. Now, obviously buying something on e-commerce site is what you're going for. But add to cart is a step in that funnel. So getting more people to add to cart, getting more people to, to put it on the wish list. Because what you're doing is you're moving them further in the funnel. And as you get moving further and you got more people, let's say, at the top of the cart now, you can then say, how do I improve my cart to get more people through there? So, yes, you want more sales, like in an e-commerce. But if no one's putting it in the cart to start with, let's that the micro conversions, let's get them to put it in the cart. And then after you get them to put it in the cart, let's get them to like give me their money. Okay. So there's there's steps in the process, right? Yeah. So download my free book and then, you know, pay for shipping seven dollars and then you know, you know, these little little opening my wallet just a little bit to yes. entice them and, and yeah. hook them, right? Yep. And so that's the tripwire theory of conversions where, you know, you get them for the $7 thing and then you get them for the, you know, the $97 thing. And then, oh my God, they just emptied my bank account thing. Right. So they got those too. Let's talk about calls to action sure. real quick. There's power in words. Oh yeah. So, and it's, it's amazing how conversions can skyrocket with just a change of verbiage on those those little buttons that say, mm -hmm. you know, call to action. Can you give us some examples of, of tweaks? Yeah, sure. So if you've got what we call an action block, let's say you're you're filling out a form, all right, and it's a lead gen form, and you're promising that when they fill out the form, they're going to get, um, you know, uh, an analysis of something, or they're going to get you know, a, uh, you know, uh, a free quote, or they're going to whatever they get, I don't care what they get. All right. But whatever the title is of the action block, which has and it has to have a title. And then they fill out the form, the bottom isn't, you know, submit or send or anything that's like, it's like, yes, comma, send me my free report. Yes, comma, you know, I would like, I, you know, let me down, you know, give me my download or what I mean, that doesn't sound great. But the point is, whatever the title is, the action block uh, title, you have, it has to be relevant at the bottom using and we've tested this using things like 
subscribe and submit, you know, those are, that's not really good. All right. No one wants to subscribe or submit. It's just not the joke I make all the time. And this is terrible, you know, and we've tested this submit is only works for like people who are fans of the book 50 shades of gray. I mean, submit, <laughs> it's not a good, it's not a, no, you're laughing. It's, it, we've tested it. It's it, once in a while it wins, but that's because the other choices weren't good either. It's not yeah. the right kind of call to action. That's a great point. Staying with the calls to action. If someone want, if you want to book more discovery calls, what would be a solid call to action? When a, when you have a service business and you want people to click the schedule now, mm -hmm. I, I see a lot of people say, let's talk or let's chat. Like mm -hmm. it's very, not very direct. Yeah, what no. would you suggest? Oh, uh, well for ours, and we do this all the time. Um, ours says speak with a conversion expert. And so that's what people do. And when they go to that page to speak with a conversion expert, we don't just stop there. We tell them what they're going to get when they speak with a conversion expert. And then when it goes to the scheduling page, which is on Calendly, we again tell them what they're going to get so that there's no confusion. It's, a lot of people just stop marketing halfway through their funnel, right? And it's like, here, just fill this out. No, don't just fill this out. Give me some love throughout the entire process so that I know what I'm going to do. Okay. So that's a big that's a big takeaway for for several people is is giving them an idea of what to expect in the discovery call or what to expect before they take the next move. Right. Oh, yeah. Don't surprise me. So it's like shopping when you go into a store and, and, and we'll give you two examples. You go into a high end clothing store versus you go to buy a car. When you go into a high end clothing store, they they pamper you, they treat you with respect, you know, they're there to help you, but they're not really all that pushy, all right? You go onto a car lot and and those people, and again, no disrespect meant to them either, but a lot of times they don't care why you're there. They're there to sell you something. I mean, it's high pressure. They're going to do every trick in the book. Numbers game. Yeah. So really what it is, is people want to feel like they're in control. They want to feel like they're safe. So your website, everything you do on your website, you need to make people feel like they're safe and they're in control, all right? A, a good example of the reverse of that, I'll go back to the forum thing. You've seen these where the forum just goes on forever. It's got first name, last name, you know, street address, phone number, email, you know, what did you have for lunch? Did it upset your tummy? I mean, it's just stupid, just the <laughs> questions they ask, right? But why do you need all that stuff? You know, so, I mean, what are you going to do? Come knock on my door to say, listen, I want to make sure you got that email that I sent you, all right, that <laughs> talked about the phone call that I got in. I mean, why are we doing all this? There's no love in that. Yeah, but, I love that. What's your take on video? Because I know that there, it's popular and it's recommended. We recommend it to our clients and statistics show that it does convert people along the funnel. What's your experience? Um, it absolutely does. And there's a way to enhance your video so that it, it kills. All right. And what you need to do is not just put up a video. You need to put a title on the video. You need to tell me how long it is, but not, not mm. in like this, you know, 60 seconds. You need to say, you know, uh, booking discovery call, learn how to book discovery calls in less than 60 seconds, right? So now I know what I'm going to learn in the video and I know how long it is. And so I'm going to, I know it's worth my time to spend the 60 seconds. And then next to the video, a lot of times you don't see this, the next to the video should be another action block. And it says, you know, 
the, in, the, in the next 30 sec 60 seconds, you will learn with checkboxes, check one, check two, whatever the benefits are, okay? And then watch now. And what you've done is, is, is people think the video sells itself. The video is meant to enhance the sales cycle, but you've got to sell people on why they should watch the video in the first place. Otherwise, mm. you just got this lonely video hanging out on your website, hoping that a friend will come by. You can't do that. You you have to market. You're laughing at me, Pia. I noticed that. You know, but you got it's. You know, you can't let it just be there by its lonesome. You got to tell people what they're going to get, right? What's in it for them? So, yeah, especially if you have that frozen face, you know, on your thumbnail that everyone has on their video. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Before you start. So same with blogging. So when someone posts a blog post, you talk about uh, earning earning trust. When mm -hmm. you start reading the blog post, you have earned enough trust to ask them to subscribe and download. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about um, getting more subscribers on your blog? Yeah, sure. So there's a process that we uh, use called content for conversion. And it's all about getting people to engage step by step by step through your content. So there's two things happening on a blog. Uh, for most people, the blog is there to attract visitors to their website. They're using it for SEO purposes. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if people are coming and bouncing, you're not going to get a lot of Google love from that because Google is going to say, well, it couldn't have been that interested. They weren't engaged. So what do you need to mm -hmm. do? You need to chunk up your blog. And I don't mean on separate pages per se. But you need to tell people up front what it is, how long a read it is, what's in it and what they're going to learn. So I'm selling you on reading my blog, right? And mm -hmm. then I've got it organized so that we go through the things and I do, you, have to prom, you have to deliver on what you promise. You also have to understand that people aren't going to actually read your blog. There are two people, you know, and a chicken who might read it, okay? Everybody else is going to scan it. So what you need to do is you need to have bullets, checkboxes, and bolded items so that they can easily scan the content, and that's part of content for conversion. And then somewhere in the middle of the blog, depending upon how long it is, could be in the top third, you have something where it could be like a little advertisement where you are selling potentially another blog post for them to read that's relevant to this. Now, why am I not trying to get them to subscribe yet? Google will reward you if they go from page to page to page within your site. So by having something that you're selling them on the idea of going from one page to another page, you're increasing engagement. But let's say they pass by that. You get further. Then you might have another thing where you've got some call outs where they can go to something else or learn something more that's relevant, learn more information. And at the very bottom, if you've done all of this right, you have earned the right to ask for the order. And by the order, it's, you know, to sign up for updates or your email or whatever it is, right? Because you've provided value. So here's what I would say to everybody listening, okay? This is something we believe very firmly and we, we do this all the time. Give before you get. I know your mm -hmm. website's designed because you're trying to get subscribers or sales or whatever it is you're trying to do. And I understand this is how you're trying to make your living. I understand that. But give before you get and you will be rewarded. I promise you. Add value and it will come back to you tenfold. That's great advice. I love that. Let's switch to talking about mobile since it's pre prevalent in today's market. Uh, sure. Most people have, they're finding you 
for the first time on mobile. How is conversion different? Because um, it's a smaller screen, obviously. Mm-hmm. What do we have to keep in mind? What's most important? Well, the first thing to keep in mind is to have proper expectations. In a in a in a standard website where you've got whatever conversion rate you've got on your desktop, you will have about one third of that on mobile, assuming that you haven't optimized it yet. And so, so for example, if you have a three percent conversion rate on your desktop on your mobile device, it will only be one percent. That is normal, and it's plus or minus a little bit of a factor. So just expect that your conversions are lower on mobile. Now, having said that, you know, you've got a lot less real estate, but people will scroll, all right? They're used to using the thumb to scroll up and down. But there's Mm -hmm. a couple of things that we've tested. So again, you need the same trust. You need to have, uh, you need to not make it an eye test. You need to let them uh, be in control. But when, and and Pia, if you do this with your phone, you know, you don't have to do it now, but but the movement where you scroll with your thumb up and down, okay, is actually a little harder than scrolling right and left. So when you've got categories of things, if you show that there's things that you can scroll right and left on, right, so there's arrows or there's something peaking, it makes it easier to scroll right and left than up and down with your thumb. Right? Really? Yeah. Huh. So, so, I mean, unless you've got some weird thumb, but yeah. So, so with that in mind, there's certain things that you want people to make it easy for them to scroll right and left and other things for them to scroll up and down. Okay. Interesting. You're going to try that on your phone now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to try it. Anything else? Like I've, I've, I've been told that, you know, having the phone number prevalent, um, you know, Mm -hmm. that scrolls with you and trying not to put as much on there because obviously you can't fit as much on the mobile screen. Well, this is true. Um, however, here's the thing. It depends on what kind of site you are. And mm-hmm. so in some instances, having sticky calls to action absolutely makes a lot of sense. So for example, if if you have a client who does plumbing or electrical or whatever, and those people are in emergency mode, they want the phone call right now. So having a sticky phone number for a plumbing service company, an air conditioning, whatever it is, something like that makes absolute sense. But if you're in a B2B environment for the sake of argument, and you know you are selling, uh, we'll call it industrial equipment, okay, having that phone number probably doesn't make as much sense except as the click the call icon in the top. Those people, are they've got a different reason that they're on the phone. Mm-hmm. So, so a B2B client probably is going to be a lead on a desktop, but they might be at lunch and think about something or over the weekend to think about something and look on their phone. But you're really going to capture them probably on you know the desktop unless they look at you before so if you and we always tell people to do this if you know who your visitors are and what they're trying to accomplish then you can understand why they might come to you on a desktop versus a tablet and you can adjust your strategy accordingly and so having a responsive design is not necessarily the answer having an adaptive design which is a version of responsive where what appears on the mobile is different or maybe in a different order than what appears on the desktop is important because mobile visitors and desktop visitors a lot of the time have very different reasons even in, you know for one company 
why they're searching on a mobile versus a desktop. So if you know why yeah, they're restaurants there. restaurants is another. Yeah, there you go. Restaurant, you know, quick to call on a restaurant. You know, I'm out. A restaurant near me. I come. I want to be able to call and get a reservation. I want to be able to see the menu really easy. Those are the things I want to do. So it all depends on what the website is, what its purpose and who the visitors are. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. Moving back to desktop. Okay. Everyone's favorite topic, pop-ups. Okay. How do you do it right? Because <laughs> well, I know they convert. Well, you know, here's the thing. I, we've had this discussion. I can't tell you how many times. So we go to a website and the first thing that happens is it pops up. Okay. And, and the, they, I, I say, you can't do that. You're screaming at people. And they go, but when we, when we put the pop up there, our, our sign up rate and this went better. And I went, yeah, I understand that. But that's because your underlying website is so awful. All right. That is masking <laughs> the problem. So if you put a pop up, an entry pop on a high converting website, you will actually lower your conversion rate. It only works. If your website looks like who did it and ran, okay? So the uh, the appropriate place to use pop-ups are timed pop-ups when people are deeper in your site. It should be relevant to whatever page they're on. And it's okay to have a pop-up when someone leaves, an exit pop, because that's a last bite at the apple. But having a pop-up in the beginning is like streaming, hey, hey, you need to buy from me. You need to do this. No, they don't. Okay. So fix your website first, then figure out yeah. the right strategy. Especially when you can't close them either and they're in the way and you don't want, you know, you want to get to the meat of it. Oh yeah. And on mobile, I've seen some where they take over the, the, the screen and you know, you have to actually shut your phone off to get away from it. It's like, are you kidding oh me? Yeah. In this day and age, right? Yeah. Let's so, I have a couple of questions about Google. So from uh, there's something called zero search. So when people are searching for something, they can now find it on the search results page rather than going through to your website. How do we, you know, how do we compete with that? So if your metadata is compelling, all right. So, you know, people think conversion is only when they land on a website, but conversion mm -hmm. is not only when you land on a website. You're trying to convert people to actually click through to go to the next step. So in your metadata, which is, which is, by the way, not what always appears in the SERPs. Okay. Google's a lot of times will do that, use it, but sometimes they don't, right? So you don't have complete control. But having said that, if your metadata is really, really good, you are selling in your metadata or marketing in your metadata to get people to go to the next level, which is to click through to your website. Otherwise, you know, you're not, if you're not giving people, it's like the video. If you're not giving me a reason to watch it, I'm not going to watch it. If you're not giving me a reason to click through, I may not click through, right? So you, you, it's all about moving people along through the process. Does that make sense, Pia? Yeah, that makes total sense. Let's move on to your book. Okay. So relationship marketing. Can you give us kind of a synopsis of, of what you talk about in the book and, and why should I buy it? <laughs> well, you told me you already did. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm speaking from the audience point okay, of view. Fair enough. All right. So um, the, the book, True Connections, Relationship Marketing in the Digital World, is is meant to take people out of their own mindset, which is the me, me, me of marketing, and really focus on 
what the visitors are doing. And so we, we wrote it in a very, you know, common sense, easy to understand format. We talk about the three questions everyone asks uh, when they land on a page. Am I in the right place? How do I feel about this? What are we supposed to do here? We talk about giving to the user and, and it is meant to be a guide to thinking about the other person. And in the book, I give credit to a, a couple other books and, 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 and people that I, I followed, like Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You know, I love it. I know. And you're supposed to read it every six months. But, you know, because we're 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 human and which means we're animals, which means we fall back on bad habits. And so by refreshing ourselves, you know, we have better habits. And my book is about taking those habits and applying them to to your website. I'll give you one example. All right. We talked about forms before. And we talked about all the fields on a form, all right? And people ask all this information because somebody in the sales group said, well, we need all of this information to be able to qualify them. Yeah, really? How about you talk to people? But that's all another discussion. So I liken the form to somebody goes into a bar, goes up to someone they haven't met and says, hi, do you live around here? Do you make a lot of money? Do you live alone? You know, it's pretty creepy. So what we tell people is don't be creepy online, right? Actually, we tell people don't be creepy in person either, but that's a different problem. Yeah. But don't be creepy online, okay? And so, so many marketers are frankly creepy online with the stuff that they're they're asking for that they're not thinking about how the other person's going to react to it. And just like in Dale Carney, where it's all about the other person, the book is all about your visitors, not about you. That's fantastic. So if they want to purchase the book, they can go to sitetuners.com and purchase it there or on Amazon. And I'll have the um, the links in the show notes Perfect. for people to check it out. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. I'm going to have to go through it again and, and take some more notes. I really appreciate it. So before we leave, what is your favorite tip from that book? From um, Dale Carnegie's book? Yes, from Dale Carnegie's book, because I've read it so yeah. many times. Remembering people's names, all right? Uh, and, yes, and how that's to, mine too. Yes, because, <laughs> it, it, you know, here's the thing. I, we, we as people are so selfish, and we've all done this. Everybody listening to this podcast, I promise you, they've done this. They've been to an event. They've been to a party. They get introduced to somebody. And five seconds later, if they didn't have a badge on, they forget the person's name, right? Because mm-hmm. we're so absorbed, because we are judgy, and we judge right away. But you know what? Here's the thing. We misjudge all the time. You never know. This person could be the most wonderful person on the face of the planet. They could be your new soulmate. You have no idea. So if you don't remember their name, you're missing out on a major opportunity to have a connection with somebody. So, you know, he gives some tips on how to remember names in there associated with their features and so on. So here's the thing. I'm not going to go through exactly how to do that. If you haven't bought the Dale Carnegie book, people, go buy the Dale Carnegie (laughs) book too. All right. It's a great book. (laughs) It is an awesome book. It's a classic. That's awesome. Uh, Well, Marty, Greif, as in life, (laughs) (laughs) I will definitely remember your name. And I thank you again for being on the show. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very, very much for having me.
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.